You're listening to a DM podcast. Hey, we are back in the football shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt, and Jeff Gig is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And Roger, you look like you were whinging about something just before we started. Something about how Man United are going to win the league. Uh, no, let's not talk about it. Ever. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Don't worry. It's not. It's just not going to happen. You're safe. This is a safe space, Roger. The league is a safe space. Right. Um, before we start, I feel like we should mention that Jeff's got a house guest at the moment called Max who uh, likes to bark a lot. Oh, fuck Max. Sorry. <laughs> we were out, out sitting a puppy, like a Kelpie Labrador cross, and he is mental. Six months old, is doing my nutted. I like dogs. This guy can go dig a hole. So Jeff may disappear at some point, or there may be some barking in the background, so sorry for that. But so, I'd just like everybody to know in advance that no animals were harmed <laughs> in, in the, recording the recording of this, of this podcast. podcast. Yeah, I, I do love dogs. Whatever I do, noise I, you may hear, it's all okay. I'm a big, big dog fan. Don't don't judge me for not liking dogs. If you don't like dogs, you, there are problems. But the this dog is particularly... He's just a puppy. He's an idiot. Uh, um, Jeff, you were you... a puppy once, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, well, with big, big feet and a waggy tail. <laughs> Eating blocks of cheese from the fridge. Where's my beer? What beer am I drinking? Yeah, Is that what you're going to ask? Yeah, what did you bring? Venom. Refreshing ale. Venom. Just some venom to get you venom. through. Um, so we had last week. You found a... No, no, I had, I had Rover. Rover last week. Oh, yeah, the vegan you know, is. Yeah. I'm enjoying the fact that you've gone Rover and now you've gone Venom, which are Two both independent, independent yeah. brewers, oh. and they're both kind of got your name on cheap and fair generic tasting and local yeah i'm just, look if you can if you can mix cheap and generic tasting with independent brewer then i'm you're all for winning it. yeah like yeah. that's right. all good for me <laughs> okay. but i i will take cheap and generic tasting over independent brewer and either of the other two yeah nice uh roger what did you bring you bought a very uh, colorful can yeah it's called snoobel juice it's from denmark so going local again? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't realise until I just picked up the can because it was called Snoobel Juice. <laughs> did, um, did it's the name gl- and it's gluten-free, and I would not normally buy gluten-free because so I could have it. Uh, I'm not sure about gluten-free beer, the, but the it's goodness, actually quite tasty. The goodness of gluten-free is probably balanced out with the carbon footprint of getting that thing here from Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> You're just doing a, t- a live taste test. It came on a boat. It came on a boat. <laughs> Powered by wind. A sailing boat, a Danish, a Danish man sailed over and bought you his beer. With his slab of snoobal juice. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, is it good? Yeah, it's tasty, yeah. Oh, good. Well, I bought Audi wine. I don't want to change a habit. No footprint on Audi wine, John. degrees, it's an Audi wine day. Do you know, the Audi wine I do drink is from Argentina. It's quite far away, isn't it? That is quite far away. Yeah, maybe I should buy it. And it costs no $5. Idea. Now I'm going to look down my nose at you every time you sip it. And when you think, like, think through the finances of that, right? $5, it costs you in your pocket. Yeah. And they ship it from Argentina they to Australia. Ship a lot of it. And I drink a lot of it. So it keeps the prices low. How much do they get it for? How much do they pay those poor Argentinian winemakers? I feel like they're doing really well. Slaves, John. You are... Supporting (laughs) slave labour. You're a slave trader. I'm going to do some Audi research into my wine for next week. Sorry, Audi. I know you listen. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So weak. Um, every week we start with a question, but before we do that, if you want to get involved with the Football Shed community, head to our Facebook group, Shedders and Volleys. Um, you know we did the new 
end game last week, which was mm-hmm. very successful, I think. I think I can measure the success by the amount of people telling us we were crap at it on the internet. And uh, I think Xavi Alonso came up early. Oh, Xavi Alonso. And Come then on. Also oh, no, my favourite was the fact check, John. On Alexander Hleb. Yes. Because, Jeff, you gave a example of someone with an X as Alexander Hleb. It's not. It's K and an S. Oh. Well, so it's a good start. Good start. Good start to the new game. Yeah, good. <laughs> At least we didn't pick it because then it'd be controversial. Yes. Yeah. But your games master this week, Rog. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what happens. Um, but yes, find us on Shedders and Volleys, or if you're a bit more old school like Rog, you can email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. This week's question actually comes from the Shedders and Volleys group um, from Phil. Villa lost to Liverpool. In the FA Cup. Now, Jeff, you should know the answer to this because you're on the internet, Rod, you're not. So we'll see. Um, but they lost in the FA Cup 4-1 playing kids due to COVID. If you added up all the numbers on the back of the Villas team starting 11, what number do you get? As in their ages or oh, the no, squad numbers? squad numbers. You say I should know this, well, but I, I wasn't I, paying attention. Well, so Phil put it on... Facebook and then said, Oh, I should have asked this as a question. I should have sent you a private message. And I was like, Well, Rog isn't here and Jeff will forget. <laughs> so I'll do, it, I'll do it anyway. Uh, 200. 206. 609. Wow. Shut the funk door. So they had, like, I think it's five or six new players who didn't have squad numbers and they just went 71, 72, 73, 74, 75. And so they. Yeah, that is insane. So for the rules in the FA Cup, so um, let me just understand that. So you don't have to submit an FA Cup squad like you do for the league or for Europe. You can just choose anyone. Yeah, you can just pick a bloke off the crowd and go. Do you want to play? You go. That's so crazy. They just need to be registered. So they need to be registered with the league. They. um, It it was weird watching it in that it really, like, I mean, they are kids, but but they they look look like like a bunch of kids. I was like, wow, like you. You know, I don't think I ever looked that young. Well, I think three kids. of them weren't born when James Milner started playing for Leeds. There you go. Can I, can I say that I actually found that game more exciting because of that than I really? would have had it been just a, a Villa-Liverpool game? They played pretty well too, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, they got, they got back in it and scored a great goal. Suddenly it's interesting. I know, I know it sounds... Yeah. Sorry, I'm not saying like I'm not just like, just dissing the FA Cup, but, but if it was just Villa-Liverpool, it would just be Villa-Liverpool. Yeah. But the fact that it was actually a bunch of kids how are they going to fare what are Liverpool going to have to do with? Like, there was so, suddenly something really to get your teeth into in that game although the last bit of Liverpool game was 7-2 to Villa that was pretty exciting oh yeah I quite enjoyed that one too yeah that, <laughs> fair so, enough so would you go fair so point. far as to say Jeff that's part of the magic, <laughs> the magic <laughs> okay so you're saying that when a whole team is struck down with a pandemic worthy virus and they have to replace them with children who've never played before that is the magic it's of the magic. cup <laughs> that's the magic of the cup well if that's the parameters then yeah this is a great example of that a great example I, okay so i'm going to expand on my question so i think we have become a bit cynical with the fa cup yeah on this, on this podcast and in and in general yeah um, and, and, and today's plan is to touch on the fa cup and then move on to other things so there's a couple so there's that there's but that's also, what i'm saying is that we're quite cynical about it which is like oh yeah, we'll yeah past but, it. i mean but do you, my personal view is we should get rid of the League Cup. Totally agree. And that that then gives some extra emphasis to the FA Cup. And if we're going to retain one, it obviously has to be the FA Cup. But what do you guys think about it as a competition? I like 
I enjoy it when weird things happen. So Marine played against Spurs this time, lost 5-0. But watching Jose Mourinho sit on like a picnic chair on the side next to a brick wall where there's just a row of houses behind, brilliant. I, I think and I should say, we should put up some pictures of this too because I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. Like, people... It's a pandemic, so we've all done things like talking over our garden fence a lot because yeah. our neighbours are often the only people that we can see. Marine's ground, which is Russet Park, is a garden. Basically. Literally, is looked over by all the surrounding houses immediately, and so there were heaps of people in their garden watching Spurs <laughs> play football. It was a few meters Amazing, away. Yeah. Which, and just I was watching this. So this is bizarre. There aren't many other sporting events in the world where this sort of thing happens. Yeah, and it might only be. You know, occasionally something like that happens, and then there might be a whole bunch of shit games. But to me, it's that is that sort of history and those things are worth preserving. Yeah. Because that kind of stuff just doesn't happen in elite level sport. And the League Cup has a bit of history, but the only history it has is it's quite old. That they started it in the sixties for no reason other than we need to fill the calendar. We floodlights. Need... Was it, was it, oh, to, that's really yeah, so spot could, on, the floodlights. Yes, yeah, so they, could, they could try out all these floodlights they were installing. They used a competition that was in the evenings. Yeah. Um, so there's not really any substance behind it. My only problem, if you get rid of the League Cup, which I agree with, and then you just keep the FA Cup, for the top teams, you need to move it earlier in the calendar. So you need to make it... So it starts earlier, so you spread the games out. What that ruins is the whole traditional third, third round of the FA Cup being the first week of January. And for teams to get into the third round, they have to play about 17 rounds before that and do qualifying and stuff. So do you ruin the rest of the football pyramid structure if you do that? No, uh, you yeah, and I don't think you can, because I think that's... It's not just the magic. There are also some practical things about the FA Cup that are important. So Chorley... Um, they beat Derby, beat Derby or Derby's kids, yeah. Um, because Derby also had a COVID <laughs> outbreak, um, but their run to the fourth round has been worth about fifty grand, yeah. to them, which is huge, massive. Like that will keep their club yeah. afloat for the yeah. foreseeable future from an FA Cup run. So there are, you know, as well as these little the, the sort of the, the magic that we talk about, there are some things about the competition that are important for the lower leagues, and so I don't think you could change the structure. For the Premier League, at the detriment, yeah, of the lower leagues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got. You remember we did a um, a shed special, a one bit wonder about whether international football is pointless. Yes. yes, and I got ripped to shreds for essentially elitism, going, well, you know, I'm viewing at viewing it from a point of England playing these pointless games, no one cares. And it was naive of me to do so when, when you, if you put yourself in the shoes of the of the smaller countries, that might be the best game that they have in their life, you know. Yes, and. I guess we have to view the FA Cup in the set in the same light as that, or at least try to. Yes, if you're a Aston Villa, or, or bad example for for this week, but you know you might feel like oh, it's another fixture in a congested season. What are we doing here? This is crazy. There's too many competitions. Blah 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 yeah. blah. But but if you're a trolley or or a marine, this is insane. It's mm. absolutely brilliant. And from their eyes, you know, league football is a drudge. A constant drudge where you they're, they're part-time players you know they're bricklayers and bin men yeah. and, and and because of that the, knowing that one time in their year they could be playing against spurs at home that's enough to keep you fit in a cold winter being a bin man you yeah. know that, that's amazing so so yeah. we've got to look at it from that view too so so yes we're a bit disinterested until something interesting happens well okay so on that 
when you say like the elitist side of it, why do Premier League clubs get away with playing kids in the FA Cup, but in the Premier League they postpone a game? So if, if I haven't got my team available, I haven't got squad available, I'm going to move that game to another date. Um, but if it's the FA Cup, I'll just chuck in a bunch of kids because I don't really care. I just don't know the answer to this, John, but it has done my head in this week. And is it just that I'm speculating? But, I mean, the Premier League is, is obviously self-serving. Mm-hmm. So they don't have any interest in a, a, a substandard game being played. And there'd be a lot of opposition from their members. Whereas the FA Cup is all the Football League. So they can't change it for one particular team well and i think there might be some practical sides of the fa cup has to happen on that weekend and has to happen on that weekend whereas the league has a little bit of leeway but there's replays no there's no replays this year oh so there's no replays this year it's all just played out no but there's there's an inconsistency that really does my head in we we saw it in the league cup didn't we so who was it who forfeited a game this year against spurs yeah so spurs got a bye because the team got a covid outbreak but yet the Man City game could be postponed and, and happen later because of the COVID outbreak. Yeah. You, like there's a there is a a, a, a kind of a dissonance in, in how in how we structure these things that really drives me crazy. If if Fulham can say, Oh, we've had a COVID outbreak, we can't play Spurs on a Monday night, but yeah, Aston Villa on the same weekend can have a COVID outbreak and play a bunch of kids and everyone thinks that's really good and entertaining. Mm. Look, unless it's finance which I'm sure it is. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, I don't it's understand, I understand <laughs> yeah. it. It's, it's got to be. It's got to be about a product that you've sold, that you've guaranteed. It's got the integrity of the competition. But then that's that... happened in the championship too, we should say. So Bristol City have had two games postponed okay. um, through COVID. So and not... because they've not been able to put out a squad. Yeah. yeah. So it's not been confined to just the Premier League. But then at the beginning of this season, I don't want to get too into the integrity of the COVID stuff, but at the beginning of this season, it was the, if you can't put out a squad, you, you forfeit the game. You don't have the mm. game postponed. That was that was the rule. If you, if you have 14 fit players, you can play. If you have less than that because you have breached or you have burst your bubble, then you forfeit the game. Uh, well, um, we're going to you... be testing this soon. It's 36 players have got it at the moment got it. Uh, this, no they tested positive this week yeah. it's the most so far in a week and with what's happening in the UK it's just going to get you, worse you have to think that they can't just keep piling up well there's no games. room there's no room to put no. these games there's no, there's no space in the calendar the, the, the only thing that will create space for the Premier League is if the Euros don't go ahead and to be honest, we should be having that conversation, just like the Olympics at the moment. We should it's be going. Probably yeah. every chance is it's not going to go. Well, exactly yeah. right. And if that was the case, the pressure that's being put on on the league competitions in their own countries would be slightly relieved. Because yes, you can you can stretch it out a few weeks at the end and try and make up for these fixtures as long as you don't have to go to the Euros. I still but, got my tickets for the England Croatia game in Wembley. It's oh, <laughs> not going to happen. It won't happen because for the same reasons for money, and they'll delay it up until they the last possible minute because they'll want it to go ahead. So if it gets pushed back, it will be death store. Like they can't plan in advance because they absolutely need it to go ahead. Well, then why, why don't they play youth teams for the Euros? That you, I'd find that really, really interesting. Like, anyway, like, there, yeah. there is a well, there is um, a disconnect between logic in in both of these competitions that it baffles me how they yeah. how they how this isn't spoken about more. You know, why is it accepted? Kids playing though? Like Alfie Devine, uh, Spurs' youngest ever player yeah. uh, and now and goal scorer scored on his debut. And the like, Villa kid that scored who was like 17. Well, that's pretty just... exciting. Like, they, yeah. And it's kind of, it, 
like in future it might not have the covid asterisk next to it because if hopefully it goes away and we forget about it and then it will just be you know a 16, 16 year old kid year old kid school which is quite good um the last thing i want to say on the fa cup is man city have bought the fa cup do you see that yeah, talk me, talk me through that. So they, it's not the actual FA Cup now. It's the old FA Cup. So the one that you see now that they get presented with is the second or third version. But one really old one, the owner of Man City, Sheikh Mansour, bought it in an auction last week. So Man City literally bought the cup. Why? Did he just because he likes it? Just Yeah, just memorabilia. He's got loads of money. Why not buy it? It's probably going to go up in value. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you, just you one could, of those things just buy. You could argue that they've bought most of their cups. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go on to the Premier League. So, what we're going to do this week is there's not been any Premier League games apart from three this morning since we last recorded. Three excellent games of football. <laughs> we'll get onto that maybe. Um, but now there is ten days in a row of Premier League games until the next FA Cup break. Um, which is excellent. But last week we spoke kind of back over the Christmas break and about a lot of teams. So we're going to try and touch on the teams that we missed last week. So that's the aim. And I reckon we should start with Sheffield United because they won this morning. We didn't talk about Sheffield United or Newcastle this morning, uh, last week. And Sheffield United won 1-0. They're going to stay up. The standard candle flickered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's interesting as well. And maybe this is another reason why the FA Cup's good or cup competitions in general. They beat Bristol Rovers rather unconvincingly. Yeah, but um, but they still in, got a win the about Cup, against a crack got, team. They got a win. Yeah, and that so it's, I think it's three two. Yeah, um, they got a win. They haven't won for so long. They have not won a game of football for mm. such a long time. Yeah, there's a you know there has to be a, a bit of you that just goes any win doesn't matter. I'm sure Chris Wilde has been saying that for weeks. Yeah, and they got in the FA Cup. They got another win this morning against a very poor Newcastle side. Yeah. All of a sudden, if they get another win, they're actually right back in it. Yeah, like it's, I know we've we've we kind of we've all relegated them because like we did last year, but this year with a bit more reason. But I'm honestly not. They're seven fifty to stay up. I don't um, think they're out of it. I don't think they're out. Uh, of it. There's enough talent in that squad. And this morning, um, Chris Wilder went back to Ollie Norwood and um, Fleck in midfield. McGoldrick played. Billy Sharp came on. Like it was just like. Let's sort this out. Like, let's get the old guys in. Let's do things simple. It was an ugly win. It was never a penalty. Like, the worst handball of all time. It's brushed his finger whilst he's running through. And they're going, yep, penalty. Billy Sharp. It wasn't given for the sort of the the hold and the... It was given for handball. It's crap. As in the same incident, there was... He was definitely kind of... No, because he's running in front of him. And Billy, I think Billy Sharp's running next to him, and he sticks out his hand, and the ball hits his hand where it bounces. But they up. come together, and I, I thought it was. I only watched it with no sound, yeah. just the highlights. But I'm, I was assuming it's interesting when I saw it. it to me, it looked like a pen because the Newcastle defenders kind of dragged him down. Yeah, dragged no, him I've heard it's handball. Uh. Yeah, what you've got to worry about. I mean, apart from being on five points after eighteen games, and, and by <laughs> the way, I, I was I was looking at um I was looking at how many games people played. So I'm like, oh, there's a real disparity between you know some people are on some teams are on fifteen games, some are on seventeen. I'm like, oh, and a few have played eighteen. Ah, oh, Sheffield United, <laughs> <laughs> they've had an extra game to get to their five points. But when, so when you when you look at that game this morning, so Sheffield United had seventeen shots, right? Yeah. And it still took a real dog ugly penalty for them to win one yeah. nil against a very very poor Newcastle. So there is something fundamentally wrong. They need quality, which they yes. do not have. Yeah. Who is going to sign for Sheffield United right now? Well, they're not. They so won't they're sign ha- anyone. Halfway through the year. 
Yeah. And they've got five points. What do you reckon will keep them up this year? All points-wise, mm. I think 33, 34. So they kind of they need to average almost two points a game between now and the end. They of the need year to, to get up. basically what Arsenal got in the first half of the season. Yeah, but you know, last year when we all thought they were excellent, they averaged one point four points a game. Mm. So if they need to average two points a game, they have to be better That's than last year yeah. from the position from the starting or position there and now. Teams are worse. Yeah, and and you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that other teams can't be worse. West Brom look terrible and I don't think Brighton look very good at the moment too so it's we'll get on to them don't worry so Sheffield United beat Newcastle Newcastle had a terrible run during they haven't won since the 13th of of December crap run over Christmas and they were crap before they got that win as well it's kind of like they were a bit crap then kind of got one win yeah and then it'd been crap again do you think they're getting sucked in yep (laughs) <laughs> oh, Raj. Raj. Yeah, go on. Well, we've been banging on about, what about old, old potato face for for a while, and then he kind of they did all right last year actually. In the end, after us giving yeah. them lots of abuse, but I just, I, I just don't think he's a very good manager, and I've got a feeling that Fraser and Wilson are Crap. classic players that everyone says, oh, they're good signings. You know they'll keep them up, and actually they're the kind of players that always get you relegated because they don't really care that much, and they're not actually that good. Well, I was basically the same, say the same as that. Ryan Fraser got sent off this morning for two crappy yellow within cards. within like three minutes yeah. of each other. Just have a think, like th- and that. I, if I was Steve, sorry, John. Yeah. If I was Steve Bruce, I would lose my fucking mind at that. Yeah, because it is schoolboy stuff. If you get a yellow card. Take a deep breath. If yep. you get a second yellow three minutes after, you have the problems in your head, not not with the game of football. And if you're a manager who's managing that, you pull your hair out. Especially because yep. of where he plays. Like it's not like he, you know, he was making a key defensive no, decision. Just, like he, second yellow card you know, was right right on the touchline. Yeah, like what the what the fuck is this? But the um, Callum Wilson Sorry, thing. No, you're right. Um, I agree. I hate Ryan Fraser. Um, <laughs> the um, thing with Callum Wilson is that the first month at Newcastle, he was really good. And everyone went, oh, maybe he's got something. Maybe he's... I think having been under Steve Bruce for three or four months now, he's just a bit bored. He's regressed. Yeah. <laughs> and not maybe regressed, but it just doesn't get any service. Like, yeah. they just play such negative football that actually you've got this guy who's quick as fuck and can finish, don't use those skills. All we do is cross it into him. Like, Andy Carroll, great, just cross it into him. Callum Wilson... No, over the top. Make him run What's onto it. What's happened to Saint Maximin? He's got long COVID. Yeah. So he, th- right. that's the that's the story. I'm and, not... and they've had a few players that've had long COVID. And Steve Bruce has come out and been very kind of like, if anyone out there thinks this is a lie, you're a fucking idiot. Because yeah. I've seen it happening to my but players. But I do. I think there's an element of what we're seeing with Newcastle, and this is where teams can get sucked into it. You know, they they get down and they worry and they get on a on a roll and they're already playing very defensive football and you tend to go into your shell even more. I think Newcastle at their best, yes, is defensive first, but they have players like Almiron, like St. Maximan and like Wilson who, make who are happen. quick and can make something happen, yeah. but only if you give them that opportunity of attacking sometimes. And I think even that's gone, where now mm. it is literally 
just defend just pragmatic it's it's depressing pragmatic but when you when you're in a listen uh, so great example this morning because you got to hear two interviews chris wilder and steve bruce Mm. right chris wilder should be the one who is going well i'm having the shittest season of my managerial career and times are tough but actually i I heard his post-match interview and he was being pushed on whether he got the rub of the green and he basically just jumped on the interview was like no we were the better team. We played better. We deserve this. Just like in other games, we've played. We played better, and we are better than where we're at. Yeah. You know, and you're hearing that and as a player, you, you buy into that. Yeah, you know, I even mean. if you're on five points or whatever it is, you still go. Yeah. yeah, he's right. We think we're playing better too. We think this isn't fair. Steve Bruce was the total opposite. Mm. He spent half the time whinging about VAR. And by the way, he said, which this is a, this is a bugbear of mine. He goes, oh, these, these anonymous people in, in, a, in, a, in an office room 200 miles away are making this decision. I'm like, Steve, mate, it doesn't matter how far away they are. That, <laughs> yeah. is, that, is, that is the thing that you should care about least. We, li- we live in the modern world. At the start of the broadcast, they show who they are and put their names they're in not the, anonymous. They're, they're, they're not they're anonymous. In their fucking, they're, right they're, they're in their referee kit, aren't they? Yeah. And who cares where they are? Like, well, Especially like, in the COVID world. Steve, Steve, I've, like... I've got this thing called an iPhone. If you, do you want to see it? Oh, it's magical. Like, he is just a dinosaur in, in, in dinosaur skin. And and he, that's so uninspiring, hearing him complain and complain and complain about being hard done by. If you're a Newcastle player and you feel like, well, oh, you ask the question, are they in, are they in trouble? Rod, mm. you went, yeah. Yes. If you're a Newcastle player, you'd be asking the same question. Like, you go, are we in trouble? Is this an example of us being in trouble? Okay, where's my inspiration? Right, Steve, are we in trouble? And he reels off five complaints. You'd be like, okay, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Yeah. And- Although, I like, those are both my gut, my sort of gut reaction to both is Sheffield United still have a chance and Newcastle are in trouble. Yeah, totally agree. But then when you look at the reality of the table... And you break it down into the number of that's utter points. nonsense. Newcastle <laughs> probably need three wins to stay up, three to four wins. Yeah, because if we're talking about, about low thirties, <laughs> yeah. which I think even if Newcastle are really crap, they will probably do. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, they would have to go on a Sheffield United <laughs> bad run to get relegated. Could it happen? Yes. Yeah. Uh, unlikely though. I think. I mean. Um, yeah. Side point: If your team is down the bottom and you're struggling, and it's January, you go into the transfer market. No one signed anyone so far. Like, mm. is this like COVID time? Yeah. And no one's got any money, and everyone's going. We just got to stick with what we got. I see. You're exactly right. No, no one's got any money, and no banks are willing to lend money. Like, yeah. you, you can't get finance apart from the Bank of England, apart from the Bank of England for int- interest free to to Arsenal and Spurs. Yeah. Um, but the um, is it interest free? Don't know. Uh, they won't disclose. Yes, secret interest, <laughs> secret, <laughs> secret dealings with the Bank of England. Um, but there's literally been no signings. The, well, no, no. Man United spent twenty two, oh, eighteen million yeah. on on a kid. I've not heard of um, Ahmad Diallo. Yeah. yeah, but we had already agreed that in the summer. Yeah, is he going to be good? Yeah, it's going to be really good. I, I hear he's excellent. Yeah, um, but you're you're absolutely right. There's there, there's no money flying around, and no one's willing to invest kind of in negative revenue to to get the money. And plus, financial fair play is going to take a big um, uh, a big effort to get round with the lack of revenues. So last oh, they'll throw it out of the window. Well, the, but they haven't yet. 
So yes, they probably will, and you'll probably have more leeway. But with the loss of revenue this year, the way that you chose to balance your books across your three-year period for the money that you spent last year, you're already looking at it going, shit, we're, yeah. we're screwed. And yes, they're probably going to change it because they're going to have to, but they haven't yet. So why would you make? Why would you get further in the in the black, in the black, in the red, in the red? What's would, good? Red. What's bad? Bad is red. Bad red. is red. Why would you get further in the bad if <laughs> if you didn't know that the good was going to come? <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But, you see, you're going to have. To, so what we're going to see is very convoluted and strange swap deals and loan deals. Uh, you know, the only transfer of any apart from the main United signing this kid that of anything that I've taken note of is West Brom have loaned Robert Snodgrass yeah, from West Ham <laughs> yeah. and I just went Sam Allardyce set piece just cross it cross it yeah, and he's yeah. just going to buy a big bloke Jack Tosson he's well. just going to buy Jack Tosson yeah. yeah but I've I've seen some really weird um weirdly really weird some weird <laughs> really really weird ones like um Everton are going to buy Josh King but, but not buy him. Swap John Joe Kenny and Braithwaite for him. He's a defense. Like these these really convoluted stories. And you're like, that's not. No one's just making that up. It's too strange. No one wants to spend money. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so on the other games this morning, and we are focusing on the teams that we didn't talk about last week. Burnley lost to Man United. So as a Man United fan, I'm going to mention that we're top of the league. That's nice. Boo. Um, uh, but Burnley actually had a strong Christmas and actually look like they're back to doing the Burnley things that they do. This morning, they gave up a little bit. I think Man United bossed them a little bit. The first half, Burnley were in it and then they just gave up. And and if you're a Burnley fan, it'd be so annoying because as soon as they went a goal down, they were brilliant for 10 minutes. Mm. You're like, well, you don't have to just sit and wait and then go, oh, we're losing, let's try. But and that's just you, the way they play, though. Should United have been down to 10 men? Um, for the Luke Shaw yeah. tackle? I don't think so. I think it was one of those 50-50, everyone's dived in, you can't tell anyone it's wrong. So I don't think so, no. Yeah, okay. No, I am definitely biased. Because United started playing after that. Yeah. Essentially, that's what sparked them in, which means if you're if you're Burnley, you feel even more aggrieved because you, you come off the back of feeling hard done by and then suddenly they've just taken the brakes off. And so you're overwhelmed and underwhelmed at the same yeah. time. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're frustrated and then being physically overwhelmed on the pitch and they just put the nails in the coffin. So going on my um, uh, evidence-based theories again. <laughs> you're uh, a scientist, Rod. You're if, a scientist. If Burnley double their points, they're going to be low 30s, yep. which will probably just about keep them up. Um you know they they are going to finish this season somewhere between eighteenth and fifteenth. Yep, I would say with some confidence. Yep, um, <laughs> and I think they'll just about stay up because they you know it didn't look great towards the start of the year. And you have to credit Sean Dice like he's not he's not everybody's cup of tea. They don't play brilliant football to watch you know they they rub some teams up the wrong way they have a pretty physical approach you know they got two big blokes up front in woods and um barnes barnes uh, who who aren't afraid to sort of mix it a bit and i kind of respect that it didn't go away from what they do it wasn't working and they weren't necessarily getting points and he just went no this works enough we'll keep we'll stick to our guns this is what we do got ben me back which i think was yeah. um was was big for them and They've got um, 
uh, the left winger Dwight McNeil. Dwight McNeil. He's got that little bit of quality. And he's. Been, I was going to bring him up because he's not had a very good season. He's been fine, but he had a great last eighteen months. Yeah. And then young players lose form, and he's not done much this and year. Maybe he didn't get his move. Yes, I think there was talk of him going somewhere. He didn't get a move, and that he was the one player who did something a bit different in that team. It's so Josh Brownhill. No, just because he's ex Bristol City. <laughs> well, no, he's, he's actually been a bit better yeah. in the last few weeks. He's looked a bit overwhelmed in the Premier League, but last few weeks he's been good. But I I think Burnley will be okay. They I definitely, I don't, they definitely I don't, will. I don't think it's going to be pretty, um, but I, I think they'll survive. What's, what's, what's Ben Mee's last name? Me. No, 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 Ben. Ben's, Ben's. <laughs> what's Ben Mee's last name? It is M E E. No, not you, John. Roger, what's Ben Mee's last name? <laughs> I don't want to play this game. He goes, What are you asking him what his last name? He goes, I'm Ben Mee. You go, No, what's your last <laughs> name? I'm Ben Mee. Um, <laughs> um, um, but I think, sorry. What do you think about Burnley? Yeah, okay. Are they going to stay up or not? Yes, they are going to stay up. And um, going back to the, the comparison of footballing managers, Sean Dyche knows and says every week when they lose he goes we know that we do the right things if we do the right things every day we'll get the points yeah and his team just buy into that yeah um and Tchaikovsky, he's he's good yeah Tchaikovsky. Um, yeah so I, I just i just think that they've they've got the intangibles I'm so sorry but they 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 do have the experience yeah. they do know that the way they play football is a success in this league and as you say they're stubbornly sticking they to it they defend well it's, yeah. it's ugly but they know what they're doing and they've done this before they've had terrible runs before every year we say they're going to be sucked in and every year they are they're a non, non-event at the end of the season um, they lost to Man United this morning I do have to say Pogba was Brilliant this morning. Oh, is there a transfer window open? Oh, yes. Surprising. So do, yes. <laughs> transfer window. This has been a few weeks now. He's, he's yeah, but we did say this last week. He gets good <laughs> yeah. around the time when Real Madrid can go. Oh, do you want to come and play here? Yeah. If not now, perhaps in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When COVID yeah. dies down a bit, maybe. <laughs> or maybe for an international tournament yeah. during the summer. Just before, yeah. yeah. Um, but he looked very good and ran the show, which to do on a cold Tuesday night against Burnley or whatever the cliche is shows that he gives a shit a little bit. Even if you're putting yourself in the shop window. He gives a shit for Paul. Yeah, he's putting a shelf in the shop window at the right time. I like how that, that adage has changed from Stoke to Burnley. Yeah. It's just completely <laughs> interchangeable. Yeah. You think cold yeah. night in Stoke. Ah, yeah. oh, fuck it, Stoke are gone. Yeah. Burnley. Burnley, yeah, cold night yeah. in Burnley. It's pretty far north. No, but you're right. You're right. You, the, the fact that United are top of the league halfway through the season is baffling. and um, I hate it. Oh, we did, but we did talk about it last week in that um, if Pogba, we, we talked a lot about Fernandez, but if Pogba also Pulls starts it. to play yeah. well, uh, your mystery signing um, over the summer. Diallo. No, no, Van der Beek. Van oh, yes, Beek Donny Van der Beek. Played in the FA Cup. Yeah, and look quite good. Doesn't yep. get a game, but it, yep. you know, played quite well. Cavani starts scoring. It, you know, Fred's going all right, but you've suddenly got a bit of depth in in the middle. But for me, Pog was the key. Yeah. If, if 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 you are relying, if it is Fernandez counter attack or bust, you will not win the league. If it's Fernandez Pogba counter attack or bust, I think you have a chance to win the league. And this weekend we play Liverpool at three thirty in the morning on Monday morning. Top two in the league, massive game. Man United part the bus. Oh, no, I think we'll panic and lose 4-0. Like, I, Ollie won't know what to do, and he'll go, 
Oh, if we just defend and counterattack, yeah. that might work. Because because he, he doesn't, it's, and it's, he won't. It's work. like a semi-final to him, yeah. and he loses every semi-final he yeah. gets to. It's, it's when something finally, finally, something meaningful is on the line. It will go wrong. He'll. It will probably go wrong. But although you do think, be fun to watch. Though. You have yeah, will yeah. Almost we, we, we again we talked about last week. Perhaps Ollie doesn't matter in that you've got three or four players who won't choke. Yes. Who will play their best yeah. and who will want it. And those players are good enough that they could still get you a result on their own. I don't, you know, I, I think long term for me, Liverpool win the league. But, um, you know, I don't, I think I don't write off Man United in this game, particularly given that you can sit back knowing you're already three points clear. I do love the fact that it's top of the league and we're still like, mm, you're a bit crap. Any good, I'm not yeah. a Man United fan. I'm still like, well, I still don't trust that you've got their... But as a plan, feels accidental. It does it's just consistency? It's just Man United have been consistent for the last six weeks, and, and no, no one, one else, else has. has yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's all that's happened. But and maybe that's the manager. But yeah, that's now eleven in, games unbeaten. But in, in that run, he's had, all he's had those runs. Nine, before. nine of eleven. That's that. You know. I, I, with the form at the back end of last year, that is pretty impressive. No, no, I'm not talking about the stats. I'm not saying the stats are not impressive. They are. They're excellent. They're title-winning stats. The performances have not matched the stats. Does that matter? Like the, the, you know, the 93rd minute goal against yeah. Wolves, for example. Yeah. There, are, there are games in that I run. I, I reckon I said that about Alex Ferguson for years. Yeah. You did, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there is a belief in that Man United team now that if it's the 94th minute and it's 0-0, we'll still win. Keep going. And once yeah. you've got that, it's a big thing. Um, the other game this morning, Wolves played against some team called Everton. You're as bad as Jeff, by the way. We bloody we weren't going to talk about Man United. And we I had, kept. I timed half it. an hour chat. No, that was two minutes, two and a half minutes. I, t- I kept an eye on the clock, so Jeff's going to have two and a half minutes on Everton. But we'll talk about Wolves. Yeah, because yeah, it's about Wolves. Because uh, you said this morning, Jeff. Obviously, I didn't watch the Everton game and watch the Man United game. That Wolves were really good this morning and almost possibly deserved to win. They, 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 yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Where where my loyalty lies makes me. F- I enjoyed Everton's defensive performance. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was yeah. one of those games where, yeah. where you appreciate what both sides are doing. But we have spoken about Wolves being boring this year. You know, we, we've talked about them being dull, one way of counterattacking, and that yeah. that is their football. But this morning it was such an open game. There was so much space. Wolves controlled the ball um, across the midfield. They didn't panic. They played it back Neves to source. Neves was, was back. He's Neves is always good against Everton. I think he scored three of his goals against Everton. His, his yeah. debut for Wolves. His was, flip cup to vo- and then volley. Oh, it was amazing. Excellent. I wish that had gone in. I wish that had gone in. Yeah. Oh, I don't. You know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't from a, I know you don't like him, but I think he's as a, as a football fan, it would have been great for that yeah. to go in. But I genuinely think that was the, one of the best performances I've seen for Wolves. So the concerning thing for them is that they. Um, they lost the game, so they can perform very well and lose the game. Which, which I hope, what that doesn't mean is they'll revert back to being a bit more within themselves. But you're you were looking at two very very well set up teams. Nuno um, was was almost um, willing to just abs- let Everton defend and wait and be patient. Yeah. And the first half was, was flowing. There's lots of spaces in behind fullbacks and it was, it was chaos. But the second half, both teams just kind of got very, very disciplined and very, mm. very tight. I, I was super impressed by Wolves. And and this year I've not been. This year I've gone, there. they were a flash in the pan, really boring, easy to beat. Well, but, I've, I picked them as top four for this season. That was my prediction. Well, and no, they're no, sat 14th, which... At this point, when they're sat 14th, you'd probably go, they're not going to make top four. 
But, but it's know, coincided with Jimenez being injured. Jimenez has been injured, who I do think is overrated, but you can tell is massively important to that team. And tra- do you know when the last time Traore scored a goal in the Premier League? And he did score a wonder goal in the FA Cup. But it's it's been a year, hasn't it? December 28th, 2019 was the yeah. last time he scored a goal in the Premier League against wow. Man City. So you, if you've got no Jimenez and Traore's not scoring goals, I know he's not a goal scorer, but you run, you've got a 17, 18-year-old kid, Fabio Silva, playing up front. You've lost Diego Jota to Liverpool, who suddenly looks brilliant. You kind of go, well, they've just lost three players scoring a lot of goals there. So I think Jimenez is the key, though. Like yeah. He's so important. Every... Attack goes through him, like he is so key to the way they play. And, and Silver might be good, but he's not the finished article. No, he's, a kid. he's he's eighteen, and all of a sudden he's it up front. And I just, I mean, they've had some like um, Pedro Neto's look good at times this year, mm. but I just think that yeah, but he's he's never good for a game. He's good in flashes. He's yeah. good good on a yeah. highlights reel, but but you, he he disappears, and of course because he's young. And who's the um, po- Podence has has done a few yeah. things as well, but I just think that. They are. It's it's kind of like Harry Kane the Spurs. You know, like the way Wolves play is designed for Jimenez, and he's so crit. And I just think that I mean, it's it's a bit sad what happened to him. Obviously, with the head injury, yeah. he could be out for I mean, yeah, it could be a long, long could time. Could be a long, long time. And and I think if you take him out of that team, Wolves probably are a mid-table team. Yeah, they. You could see it this morning that they had no focal point. They, they, they. It looked like they had too many midfielders. Mm. And when I, when I, I don't mean their position on the park, but I mean their mentality. Yeah, they yeah. were. There was no one who was waiting for the ball. They were all trying to play the ball. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's no and, guy and, just going. I'm going to stand up front and hold it up. Exa- for you. Exactly right. Yeah. And no one running the inside channels. Everyone waiting yeah. to find the players on the outside channels, and then. You you know what it's like, you know, it's basic centre forward play. If you pick up the ball deep, you play it out wide, run into the box, get it back again. Yeah. And a good centre forward will every single time. Watch Harry Kane. Every single yeah. time he gets the ball, he plays it to anyone else and then runs into the box with his yeah. hand in the air, going, "Give it back, give yeah. it back." Wolves had none of that. They were yeah. playing it to anyone else and then not making that run into the box. Yeah. And and Which like, makes well, it hard to score. It makes yeah. it really hard to score. You have to score. You have to score a wonder goal like like um, <laughs> Nevis's chance. Nevis's, yeah, 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 yeah. Little keepy up and, and volley that has to go in when you don't have any one playing centre forward. Right, Jeff, you have got two and a half minutes. Everton, go. They were fucking excellent. I thought. Um, without <laughs> <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but, look, Everton. If Everton beat Aston Villa, by the way, quick shout out to Phil in the UK because he supports both Everton and Villa. So this is the the Phil Derby. I'd oh, like wow. to call it this yeah, week. Um, but if Everton beat Aston Villa at the weekend and Liverpool beat United, like we discussed, Everton are one point off the first place. Yeah, just comprehend that for a second. That's insane. Well, you are in fourth, um, and. Not played brilliantly yet. and had a few injuries and had Hermes a few injuries. Been out. Like yeah. started the season very well and then what and maybe what I've been impressed with is you like you said you've gone through the stodgy spell of yeah. not playing well and but you picked forth. up points yeah mainly because you've still been quite good at the back uh, I thought um, Keane's header was was really good it was a good cross by Gomez but I thought it was a really really good header and you you know those defenders your four centre backs. Yeah. Playing playing across yeah. the back have kind of have kind of done it for you. I, I think Holgate. I think Holgate coming back adds a bit of leadership and a different and dynamic. Pace. Yeah, I like Holgate. And Godfrey started badly. Well, not badly, but it was it takes a while to adjust to a new team. Mm. First few three or four games were, and 
he's been playing all over the place. But he's looking good suddenly, and you suddenly go, oh, hang on. Hey, then, when was the last time the media talked about Pickford being crap in goal? Not for a while. It's been not at for least a while. four or five weeks, and that's because he's playing well. No one talks about it when he plays well. well it's, um, and it's because the defence as a whole is yes. playing well, and so he's not having those brain fart moments because yep. he's not being put in those positions because you're defending well. Yeah, exactly right. Team. And and Ben Godfrey, I, I don't know why. I'm not gonna, I don't want to sound, sound for those Everton fans. Listen, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm not giving Everton the respect that they're, they're due, but I don't know why an elite club didn't come in and buy Ben Godfrey. He is so quick. Every time Wolves played it down the right, Ben Godfrey was just gobbling it up, gobbling it up. Even when he was, even when it was a yard behind, he was just gobbling it up. Yeah. Um, I think Everton. There, there are very few teams in the Premier League that have four centre backs that could that could easily start each game, mm. because that's strange. Right now, when there are no good centre backs, Everton have four of them. Michael Keane is, in my opinion, Everton's player of the season so far. I think he's been a phenomenal talent, yeah, and he should be at the peak of his career. And I think he is at the peak of his yeah. career. Hamez had a good game. Ah. Oh, Iwobi, what the hell's happened to Iwobi? Yeah, his first, his first finish, yeah, brilliant. But it's just, just his ability to take players on. I mean, I was really, really pleased with the performance this morning. Five wins out of six games. What else do you want? James's pass for Dini's goal, I think you don't have anyone else that can do that. No. And, that does, and he has been out, obviously, for a little while. <clears throat> and I think that... But he was really good at the start of the year. And, I, and, I, and watching that... You know, I think you have more. If he's playing, I think I do have more faith that you can um, keep it up because he does. Ha- he just has that ability to create something that not many players. Yeah, do. people don't see. The only thing I know, I've taken more my two minutes job. But the only, the only thing I'll say is that you know there were no recognised centre forwards on the park for Everton today. Yeah, and that was not. A choice. It only it's only the Pep Guardiola's in this world who decide to go four six zeros. The the others who play it, like David Moyes, they do it because they're being pragmatists and they're, yeah. they're waiting for their one opportunity. Now, Everton in the last fifteen years have had a few managers who have had to do it. Marco Silva has had to do it because he didn't have enough. Uh, it was either play Omar Nias yeah. or, or play no striker at all. David Moyes did it a fair few times when Cahill and Fellaini were the most advanced midfielders. I think seeing um, Ancelotti do it concerned me a little bit because I'm like, actually, there does need to be depth up here that you trust. Yeah. And until there is, Everton cannot consider themselves in the same bracket as the other teams who do have that depth, who, who, who are able to not change the formation based on one injury to one player. So extremely that you're trying a brand new footballing concept out on the park. So I worry about that. Three points yeah. off seventh. Um, well, I was, well, I was going to say, Rog, my last point on Everton is if Spurs, Man City and Aston Villa all win their games in hand, then Everton will be in seventh when, Perfect. They're, when they're all on level everything's games. Right so everything's world. fine with the world. But still four points off first, John. It's going to be <laughs> let's Ever- move on. Everton to win the league. Who said that? Let's move on to the other teams. Oh, that it was we didn't... Jeff. Was it Jeff who said that? Everton Probably Jeff. Win the league. Um, West Ham. <laughs> we didn't talk about West Ham last week. They are three points off fifth right now, sat in tenth, with having played a lot of their hardest games of the season. Just sold Sebastian Haller for talking of no one doing anything in the transfer window to Ajax for 20 million, having bought him for 40. Mm. Just like to say, I made him flop of the year last year. I think he's turned out more of a flop than Joe Linton. No. <laughs> well, he hasn't. But do, but do you find this weird? Like, I actually thought in the last few weeks he's found, started, a, bit of, found a bit yeah, of form. I totally agree. I think this is a... Like his value went up 
to 20 million in the yes. last few weeks. They, I think they pay him a lot every week. Like, I don't know what his wage is, but probably 150 grand or whatever. And Moyes is going, I want to bring players in. And the, they're going, well, we haven't got any money. And they've got an offer of 20 mil for Haller. And they're like, take the 20 mil, we'll spend 15 and give that whoever we sign 80 grand a week. We're doing better. So, so you know, you know, West Ham don't have any scouts or staff. You know no. that, right? Yeah. Um, I was talking to a, to a mate of mine who's a big West Ham fan the other day, and I was I was raving about Suchek because I think mm. cause I think Suchek is top quality. He's been brilliant. You know? um, and then he got his mate, the right back in. Here we go. Right, is <laughs> the story. So where's where's Suchek from? Sorry, he's uh, Sla- he came from Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Prague. He's for. Right. So West Ham have got about two scouts in the world that just so supposedly like got Suchek. Great. This yeah. is great. Right. Let's just send our scout, our singular scout, back to the Czech Republic. See who else they got. Suddenly there's like three of them on, on, on their way in a West Ham because the bloke's just been stationed in the Czech Republic. He's yeah. like, oh, great. This is great. There's, there's loads of good players here. Yeah. I've done a good job. Well, it's, uh, it's just yeah. mental. It's, it seems to be working now. Um, do, you, well, do you reckon West Ham have got any hope of getting higher than 10th? Or are we just going to sit here in three months, four months' time at the end of the season and just go, they're in exactly the same spot? Same points as Chelsea, played the same amount of games as Chelsea. No matter, yes, Chelsea have been stop-start, but credit to West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think they'll probably finish around 10th. Because yeah. although we said they've played their tough games, it's very West Ham to do well in the tough games and then not do so well in the ones that they should win. Antonio's been injured, he's back, that's big for them. They can if Antonio's fit, they can probably afford to get rid of Haller. I don't necessarily agree with it because I think he gives them and some, got something different. Anyone else have they? No. Jared Bowen. Yeah, he yeah, can play he can through play, the middle. Play mm. wide though. I, I, I just uh I mean they've certainly still carry a aerial threat without Haller. Mm. But I just think he's got a bit of quality. I was slightly surprised at it. I don't think it's a forward-looking signing. I mean, maybe it's because he's not a Moyes player. Yeah. Um, Moyes hates players. Like he's lazy. Haller's, Haller's lazy. And he looks... like He scored a great goal and just like, I'm so sad. Yeah. Well, and he's in that group of... I, you know, rightly Philippe or Anderson. wrongly, they've sort of all been tarred with the same brush of, you know, you're high-paid, you're yeah. a bit flashy... And Piss you know off. Moyes was looking as soon as he came in, he's like sort of like mm. gone, gone, gone. Yeah. A- A- Anderson, he's on loan. Uh, Yarmolenko, yeah. Haller. But, but then it, it doesn't make sense because they bought Benarama right from. Um, yeah, but Benarama's also a workhorse. Yeah, but he's barely played. So Moyes, no. Moyes bought him, but he's, he's he's not getting a game. No, but I think he will play. I think that's a West Ham are playing well and slow adjusting to the league. I think. I think Ben Rahm is really, really good. I, I rate him too, and, and I'm confused as to why. Either why has he gone to a David Moyes side, or why is it David Moyes playing him? Something doesn't add up because I, I'm the same as you, John. I rate yeah. him very, very highly. It's really, really strange that he's not getting the game time I fully expected. And why get rid of um, Diagana and get Ben Rama? Yes. Ben Rama, Ben. Jeez, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, those names are too similar. But why yeah. get rid of one and get the other and then not play him? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm I'm confused by that, but you know, do you think David Moyes will keep his job? Probably. Yeah. Why Why wouldn't he? And and that was the biggest question at the beginning well, of the I season. Think... Was he the right appointee? Getting an old Who manager back? Relegated you. Probably, yeah. I think the thing that Moyes has done well this season is they obviously kept them up last year and steadied the ship. This year, it's been a kind of gradual, like you're saying, get rid of these guys, bring in my guys. I think 
next year, we're not going to even whisper the idea of West Ham getting relegated. It's no, there'll to... be serious challenges for seventh. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be going, oh, they look really solid. Oh, they've brought in one or two players. They could maybe get top eight. And I think they're going to be there for the next two or three years, which I don't know as a West Ham fan because I'm not a West Ham fan, but maybe that's better than being up and down. I'd be really interested to hear from West Ham fans about... What that feels like. Yeah, whether some predictability, albeit a David Moyes predictability... It's nice. Yeah, it it is nice rather than, you know... we sort of talk about it being West Hammy, but that's because it is. But there's no, so much precedent of uh, them being unpredictable. I actually, I, heard, I had a big chat with a West Ham fan. He's very frustrated. Yeah. Because there's there's a there's a there's like it, a balance because with the unpredictability. Right? You always yeah. look at the but we could be really good. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes we're really good. Yeah. Why aren't we really good every game? Sometimes we're amazing. Why why haven't they taken the break off? Why why isn't yeah. the hand break off? And why can't we do this all the time? But when you transition a, a footballing side from from you know. Peaky and trophy and and a bit inconsistent. Sorry, very inconsistent. Like West Ham yeah. were when Felipe Anderson was starting, and you know post Pellegrino. Yeah, go from that to a okay. Let's be a stable Premier League side. You have got to take away the flair and 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 yeah. be more rigid. And that as a fan, boring, super boring, <laughs> and, and, and super dumb. Because you've got to realize. Because what that does is it is it's confronting. Because you're not just going, oh, I'm not enjoying being a football fan. You're going, I'm not going to enjoy being a football fan for three years. Because yeah. it, what we're going to have to do is bring in a base, like bringing in a, a very tasty pizza base to then start adding the toppings. Because at the yeah. moment we got scraps of bread, and some of them taste good. Yeah. So in order to to make something that's good, that's progressive, that that is complete. You have to start with a really solid foundation. Yeah, I, I don't want it. And, and that's no, the thing. I, I just, I don't want it. Well, I'm not a West Ham fan, but I don't want that. Well, that's the problem. I want my tasty morsels. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you're West Ham and you're a West Ham fan, you, you're in this dilemma now because you're witnessing it on the other side. You've had the Felipe Anderson wonder goals and the, and the um, what's his name? He went to France. He was fucking awesome. Oh, uh, Payet. Yeah, you know, you've Payet. just had yeah. the last decade yeah. of, of Payet's and, and, you know, things that are entertaining. And now you were accepting that the next three, four years of you as a football fan are not going to be that. Yeah, that is But annoying. you get to maintain your Premier League status and you get to slowly improve. What do you want? We've got four more clubs to talk about that we haven't mentioned. Oh, God. West um, Brom. West Brom, Fulham, Brighton and Palace. Well, Fulham, we don't need to talk about because they haven't played a game. <laughs> Scott uh, Parker's had a whinge about moving the game which I think is kind of fair enough find out mon- Monday at 9.30 in the morning oh you got to play Wednesday against Spurs by the way yeah that's a bit crap that's a bit crap is it yeah. crap? well yeah because you plan your week don't you you know okay come into training playing on Saturday oh no can you play Wednesday? watch the videos you know it is it's all sh- like it's it's Pretty regimented. I, 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 part of me thought that was quite a creative solution to fix your congestion. Yeah, but, but no, because it's, it's the team preparation. It's the worst. I understand, but we're not in a normal and I environment. They've both, like, they've both got to do it. Spurs only found out at the same time. But Spurs were already playing on Wednesday. They're just playing against a different team. <clears throat> But then you've still got to watch the videos and plan against the players. You know, it's not yeah. like it's well, not like Fulham, how, Fulham are in Dubai having a fitness. You know what Jose's going to do? So we're going to defend. Yeah. <laughs> and then get a goal. I, don't, I, I thought with fixture congestion, it was actually quite a creative way to try and eat into these things, especially because Fulham have only played but 15 know, games. It, uh, yeah, but I don't know. Is it good that Fulham have had a couple of games postponed when they were starting to improve? I don't know if it is. No, yeah, it's kind no, of no. like they were on a bit yeah. of a roll and now I feel like they might... 
Might choke. Stall again. Mm. Um, and they've got two London derbies. They've got Spurs away and then Chelsea at home. Uh, Brighton. Jeff, you think Brighton are struggling? I worry about Brighton. I worry about Brighton. I think um, without getting too um, metaphysical a, a, about it, I think the idea of Brighton and Brighton's idea of Brighton is probably beyond Brighton's capability to perform it. And <laughs> do, do, do you want me to say no, that no, one again? Good, yeah, no, uh, like the, um, what they're trying to achieve is just, and I love it. Yeah. And they probably think they're further down that road than they actually are. And, and when, I, when I watch them play it out and, and when I watch them, you know, work these, these quite intricate attacking um, uh, interactions between wingers and and midfielders, I like it, but I just don't think they're good enough. They need someone to put the ball in the net. Yeah, I literally think that's as much as it is for Brighton. Yeah, I just <clears throat> although we talked about it, it's kind of a bit at both ends of the pitch. And they when they, sign, they concede um, goals, they Sebastian shouldn't, Haller. and they don't score goals, they should. And when you put those together, <laughs> generally you're in trouble. Yes. But yeah. what I think more than anything, they play good football, but they don't score. But you're goals. right; it would solve it if if. Uh, um, if a Danny Ings went yeah. to a Brighton, for yeah. example, it would solve everything because they they would have a, another way of doing it. At the moment, they have to play as a team to be better than the sum of their parts. And it's just yeah. too risky. I think they'll stay up, but I tend to agree that, yeah, they just haven't got that end product. So what, then was the six-year deal for, um, for Harry Potter the right thing to do? Yeah, 100%. I think he's brilliant. I think Dan Ashworth, who's there as the director of football or whatever they call it, Graham Potter, brilliant. Just going to take a while to get it sorted out. And scoring goals in the Premier League is a really hard thing. That's yeah. why players are expensive who do that. <laughs> That's a fair quote, John. Uh, West Brom. Big Sam is old, pointless, and does just needs to go away. Come on, you're loving it. I'm loving it. I like, and also, oh, yeah. West Brom, Big Sam, big mess. Yeah, that was the, that's in the running that's order. That's the headline. Yeah. Um, I, like, Never been relegated, Big Sam. No. He's going to get relegated this year, isn't he? You, you'd say he got relegated from England. No, was, oh, yeah, yeah, you did, didn't he? He got fired. Is that um, relegated? Same, same. Um, he has never been relegated from the Premier League. However, he's not had a job for three years. His last job he had was at Everton. Um, the league and the world is a lot different three years ago. Um he doesn't know what he's doing. I would argue that's a bigger risk, right? A manager that hasn't managed for three years. Then just keep the guy you got. Then keeping the guy you got. Sam yeah. Bilic is good. The, he's, Big Sam's come out this week. Is he good? I don't know if Bilic is good. No, no he's, he's not good. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. a good yeah. motivator and he's a nice guy. And he's got a band. And he's got a band, but he's I don't think he's... terrible like, football tactician. I'll retract the fact that he's good. Retract the fact that he's good. But, um, but I, even though he's not good, I still don't know whether replacing him with a guy who hasn't had a job for three years... Yeah. And who came decision. out this week and just said, all my players aren't good enough. Like, I need to sign a whole new team. You know, all... I'm That's not, not going to happen, mate. I'm not motivated for you to play. Yeah. Well, and COVID isn't the time to be wheeling no. and dealing, Sam. Like no. It's... Um, so I think they're down. And I'm, enjo- I'm enjoying... looking. I'm looking forward to watching Big Sam get relegated for the first time. He feels... Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, he feels like a... Um, I haven't really seen much of him yet. I don't know how I feel. His face is bigger. Um, and he's just as annoying. You know, you know, like a liquidator. You know, 
not not like <laughs> someone who makes like smoothies. But when you when your company's getting wound up, well, it, oh, yeah, no, I, don't, I don't I don't think that's even what you call someone. Liquidator. <laughs> like we both knew what you meant when you said liquidator. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what do you call someone who makes smoothies? Miss, I don't know. A guy that works at Boost Juice. Well, there we go. Call them liquidators. So there right. you go. You can okay. add it to their business cards. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when the liquidators come in, they're like, okay, well, what have I got? Where can I save money? What yeah. can we do? How can we streamline this business? Who's going next yeah. week? It's like that's his job, which means that all the people who watch this man come in, Big Sam and Little Sam, you put Little Sam with him, you see? Yeah, yeah. Sammy Sammy. Lee. <laughs> He's been out, out of a job for three years. Little Sam's yeah. come back. It's like whack a mole. <laughs> <laughs> Just pottering away. It's like the Barrier Brothers. Um, anyway, <laughs> Little Sam's come back. They've all come back and they all look at Big Sam and Little Sam and are like, okay, so the liquidators are coming. Do we want to play for these guys? Yeah. It's it, No, you don't. Because they're, they're, look, they're looking over you like you're a piece of meat and can you do a job? And they know that they're not in here for the long haul. He yep. is being employed to do a single task, which is to keep you in the Premier League and that is it. You know this bloke's not going to be there for eight years. The last team we have on our list is Palace. And I've right written in the running order can't get words out just so so boring I don't think I have anything else to add I like Eze we, we talked about Eze last week it's yeah okay goal that maybe wasn't as great as and that's the only thing that's worth talking no, about no no no, no I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it was a good goal no, you, you, well, that's what we talked about. No, we didn't. We spent that was after we continued to talk about football after we stopped recording. Oh, and was, I that said, not, yeah. was that not <laughs> yeah. in real life? Yeah, oh, in our actual real life. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't think it was that good a goal. I just think he was head down, run, 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 kick. I know that that's. <laughs> no, that's... I, I liked. I liked the little shimmy at the beginning, and I liked the casual pass into the net. I don't think it was goal of the season by any means, but it was good. On highlights reels, Eze looks great. Watch him for a game, and all he does is head down, run, 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 run. No, I think he's good. I think give him a year or two, he's going to be in the England squad. You think? Yeah, I think he's really, really good. He's been talked about for a while. I've seen him in Championship. He's got got something. There's something about him. I prepare to be proved wrong, because you're right, there is something exciting, but... He is very, very just headless chicken. We will start a new feature called Eze Watch. Is Eze good? Yeah. Because... It does give him a bit more than just Sahara. Yes. And if we have Eze Watch, at least we've got something. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> there's nothing else to talk about with Palace. Uh, so. Roy's neck that looks like a part of the female anatomy. His neck vagina. <laughs> neck vagina. <laughs> that's true. It's about as interesting as it gets at Palace. Um, well, that's all the teams. <laughs> good, good point. To Welcome end. to the Premier League. I, I hope that all the Palace listeners out there really enjoyed that in-depth analysis. <laughs> I'm really sorry of their, of their Christmas period. Yes, I actually know that no Palace fan who listens to this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. But entertainers, entertainers. I've always said it. I remember when we were like dogging on Arsenal for weeks and weeks. I'm like, look, it's your job as a football side to make us go. That's great. So sort it out. Exactly. And do not judge how good your football team is on whether we like them or not. That 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 should be a fundamental point. (laughs) Yes. Because you're never going to win. Yes. Very good point. Um, Let's go on side stories. Um, I want to start with Phil Neville getting the job at Inter Miami at David Beckham's team. Gross. Really fucking gross. Gross, gross, gross. So he gets the England women's football team job because his name's Phil Neville. And yes, they went through a lot of uh, interview process and they, he was very low down the list. But he had no experience. He gets the top job. Oh, no, as- he, was, he was assistant to Gary Neville at Real Sociedad. Valencia. Uh, Valencia, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
which they only got because of Peter Lim yeah. and their joint business interests. Yes. And so then David Beckham buys or sets up a club in America. Franchise, Ooh. John. Franchise. Oh, whatever they call it. <laughs> um, and, oh, we need a manager. Oh, Phil, you've, all, you've already said, yes, you're going to leave the England team, but you're committed to help them through the Olympics and do that for them and do the Great Britain Olympics team. Oh, we're just going to give you a shitload more money. And give you a job at Inter Miami. Do you want, oh yeah, I'll drop all that. Don't care about that anymore. Like you gross. cannot tell me. No one possibly could tell me that he is the best manager for the job. No, you should definitely get what's the De Boer brother that's crap. Frank De Boer. Yeah, 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 he would be but better. Is I think he's already in the MLS. Is it Dave Beckham's team? Does he actually own? Yeah, he owns yeah. it. Yeah. So is there not also an element though that he's the owner and if Phil's his mate, he can give him the job for you? Yeah, of course he can. Of course he can. It's yeah, just it's gross. Fine. Yeah, it's just gross. It's just. Mates for your mate, uh, jobs for your mates. Yeah, yeah, but that's like that's football. What? Yeah, it's kind of like gross. yes, it's gross, but that's real life. Like, the, look at the, the UK government essentially <laughs> functions just to do that, yeah. like the revolving <laughs> door of government and private industry. Yeah. They exist as a government, not to serve the people, but just to serve their own private interests and their mates. And it just goes round and round and round and round and round. So I don't think we should be surprised by it happening in football because it, it happens in football. No, I totally agree. Um, but it still feels... I feel dirty. Yeah, I, I, I didn't as, like as it As a Man United fan, I feel dirty. Don't you get excited and, and, about Phil and Dave on the touchline again? No. no. John, Having... I, I like Phil Neville quite a lot. Yeah. And even I read this, I was like, oh, that's blatant gross. It, it's just... It, I think it's because he committed to the England women's team yeah, to go, gross. I'm going to do another year with you guys. And then they're handing over to the lady who's come from Holland who looks really good. And she's going to be great. And he said, I'm going to commit to that and I'll do the Olympics... Um, for the Great Britain team, committed in. Ah, oh, got a better job off. No, Sorry. I'm sure I, I, there I, is an element here. We may be sort of underestimating a factor, which is Dave's getting on a bit now, and he's very his appearance is very important to him. And perhaps there's an element of if he brings in Quasimodo to to stand on the bench for him when they pan to him in the crowd. He'll, he'll look he'll brilliant. Look beautiful. Now, I, I wasn't. It wasn't about the women's team for me. It was just he's grossly underqualified. Yeah. It's just it's it's such a blatant example of jobs for the boys. I'm like yeah. that to yeah. me is bleh. Yeah. Um, any other side stories? Um, no, no, no. I, well, I've got another one. Go on. Well, it's actually came from Chris on Facebook. Um, do you know Kazuyoshi Miura, the 75-year-old granddad? He's 53 years old. <laughs> Still banging him in. And he's just got another contract at Yokohama FC. Still scoring. He scored last year as a 52-year-old. Um, but he made his debut in 1986. Wow. Whoa. Which is the same year as Ian Wright. Is there an element here? Whoa. Of, now, or championship manager, there was a glitch in the game. I can't remember which particular version of the game, but there was a glitch. And the one some, that we played for the years. The one that we played for years. And some players just went on. And on and on, yeah, and didn't he, get, get old and retire. I don't know why, but I had Roberto Baggio playing as a 63 year old. Yeah, for Middlesbrough. He, he could last for about nine minutes <laughs> before you had to take him off because his stamina was so poor. But he'd, sc- he'd still score the occasional free kick. <laughs> but I kept him purely because he got for Baggio, yeah. and to get the, those stats. Surely this is the same. Like this is this guy. He might be fit. No, no, but he's in his he gets a, he gets a game, plays up front too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yokohama are no monkeys. Like yeah. they they they're managed by Ange Postacoglu, 
Mm. And they won the league, didn't they? Yeah. Last year or the year before, they, they won the league. They're, they're actually quite a good side, Yokohama FC. And it's, if, and it's, it's probably the... I think it's the, the sixth his... contract renewal he's had at that club. Something yeah, like they that. just keep, like, every year just going, oh, yeah, we'll keep you on, keep you on. Do you know that we are closer to 2050 than we are 1990? I, I, yes. What? I don't think I want to think about that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just leave that How's that? <laughs> Well, on that point, I think we should go on to uh, the end, end game. game. Roger, I'm ready. Come yes. on. So, right. for everyone at home, this is the new end game. So, each week, whoever's the games master comes up with a topic that has multiple answers, and the two players have to guess those answers. The games master comes up with how many lives we have, so that's on your head, Rog, um, and we see how many we get. If we get them all the answers, we both get a point. And you have to go again next week, Rog. You just described that brilliantly, John. I'm really proud of you. Did that make sense? Yeah, perfect. All the answers. It could happen this week. Okay. How, how many um, answers are there? I'm in. Will I give you two lives? Yes. Feeling generous. Go on, then. Yeah. I'll give you two lives. And... See how we go. Who goes first? Um, John, you can go first. Yes. Now, the game this week, I better explain, is topical. Ooh. COVID. FA Cup. Ooh. Oh God! So, I've got on my list here every FA Cup final goal scorer since the advent of the Premier League. So okay, ninety-two. Okay. So I just want you to name players that have played in the FA Cup final and scored a goal. Michael Owen. Michael Owen, correct. Famous goals, John. Two thousand and one. Kanu for Portsmouth. Oh, that's it. Yeah, good. <laughs> Kanu, I'm pretty sure, is correct. Let me just. <laughs> so, was that not top of your list? <laughs> Hold on. Me, well, I've got it's a big long this list. This is a big old them. list. I'm sure Kanu scored, didn't he? Hold the, did. hold the phone, please. We'll all just wait whilst you look up for yeah, no wank. He did, he did. Kanu. He definitely did. I can picture it. 1 0, Portsmouth. Whoa. Oh, you're going to John. Look... You go on to the next one. Let's um, just check this. Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard. Oh, was that the? Was that? Yeah. County, two thousand eight. Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs scored a very, very famous goal. In the Epic semi-final. I don't think that Ryan Giggs has scored an FA Cup final goal. I'm a little bit worried. One life gone. I've got my oh, list no. here. I can't see Kanu on it, which worries me. Okay. But anyway. John. John. Ray Parler. Uh, Ray Parler. Scored. Okay, 2001. You've got so many on your list, John. Also. God damn uh, I think it was uh, Curler on his, yeah, on his right, wrong foot. The same goal that he always scores. Yeah. Yeah. No, but this one was on his left foot, I think, wasn't it? Oh, no, Maybe I think not. Uh, Van Persie. Robin Van Persie. I fucked this up, haven't I? Robin... Uh, no, I think he might have scored. Well, he definitely scored, didn't score for Man United. That's for Arsenal. No, I don't know. Arsenal was, was all like. No! Oh, let me just check. Don't trust my list after Kenny. Yes, 
the tension. Oh, God. Two lives, Jeff. So bad. Ooh. This I is... have got a big, long list. Okay, sorry, okay. No, no, no. Well, I've uh, got... So... No. No. The other ones I've got were Di Matteo, yep. Chelsea, Jesse Lingard, Eric Cantona. Jesse Lingard. <laughs> Mark Hughes. Paul Rideout. Yeah, what the hell? Everton, 1995, 1-0. Um, and Freddie Lundberg, because he scored in the FA Cup final about eight years in a row. I know they're all great rods. I'm not just going to... So, gonna... Van Persie uh, scored a penalty for Arsenal in 2005 in a penalty shootout. But Is that not... correct? No. No. Oh. In a penalty shootout. Has not scored a goal. Uh, yeah, I thought you guys would have gone... I've got loads. Yeah, you got loads. Yeah. Paul Rydout's definite. Ian Wright. David Hurst. Chris Waddle. Cantona. Um, Brian McClare. Are you going to list them all? Oh, that would be no. really boring. No, no, I'm just going to pick a few. Um, <laughs> Jungberg, Van Nistelrooy. Oh, I really didn't do very well at that. No. Didn't. It's difficult. I think the, the new game, you've got to change your brain setting. From the old game, I think you could go, okay, picture the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, who played where? Whereas this one, you just don't know what's going to come. So you but it's funny because you think of like, I thought of, when I was thinking about it, I automatically went old games. Yeah. But then you've got like, you know, two years ago, City beat Watford 6-0. Aguero. So, Aguero's yeah, on my list. De Bruyne, Sterling. Aguero, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. My head only remembers FA Cup finals from when I was eight years old. Yeah. yeah. Why don't I go to Portsmouth? It's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of romance there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, John, winner. Yes. So I'm on it next week. Get doing your research for... FA Cup 1993. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? No, it's been great no. to be back in the sheds. No. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week. Um, don't forget, if you want to get in contact or ask us questions or tell us we're wrong about something, just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. See ya. See ya.